Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, March 21st, 2023. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush is out today. There's UK spring practice. He may join us a little bit later on just to talk about a few things that he's seen. So filling in in the meantime is our buddy, Big Blue Drew. Big Blue Drew, how do you do? Good morning. It's, It's great to be here. Okay, we've got some issues. It says that you've logged in twice, so um, you, you've you've done something. You've done something inaccurate. There's one that left. Okay. All right. How does that sound? Much better. All right. The mornings are crazy around the Brown House these days, but thank you so much for having me, TJ. Um, I'm looking forward to just kind of putting a, putting a bow on this season and moving on with my life, so to say. Moving on with your life. Wow. Is there big news coming out of the Brown House? Um, other than me just, you know, distancing myself a bit from from all sports to let this one digest. No, no, no bigger news than that. But I've just I just cannot believe, I guess, how quick the uh, the next year excitement started. It really surprised me. I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it was coming Monday morning. Scoots was asking before the air before we got on the air, how often in your family you all make hot brown references like. If the wife puts on a good outfit or you wear your snazzy sneakers, does somebody say like, well, that's one hot brown? We've never done that, nor will we ever do that. Scoots, they've never, <laughs> Scoots, they've never done it, and they, nor will they never do that. Well, darn. For, for what it's worth, Drew, I, I wasn't I, asking. <laughs> I, I would do it all the time. I'd do it all the time. And then I would order hot browns and be like, what's the hotter brown? And then like point, you know, I'd do that. So you, a good opportunity. Somewhere down the road, uh, I would circle back to that and maybe maybe try it on for size. See what you think of it. I'll tuck that one in the back pocket for a uh, a random zinger at some point. Yeah, there you go. I can't believe there's never been any hot brown. Do you have you do you like hot browns? I don't actually. I think that that's one of the. Uh, I don't say I dislike them. I think I've had okay ones, but I definitely think that's one of the. Uh, you know, correlations to Kentucky that I are you know I don't think necessarily. Um, all the people are bought into, I guess I should say. Do you like do you like Burgoo? Uh no. Big blue Drew. Maybe like maybe define that a little bit more for me and I can give a more accurate answer. You've never had Burgoo before? Maybe I have, I don't know. 
oh no, it's like the Kentucky Woods chili. It's like it's kind of like garbage chili. It's better chili. It's what you get. It's the the best thing you can get at Keeneland. Um, no, I mean it's it's there is a, a distinct difference between chili and burgoo, although Roush would probably know it and be able to say it just off the top of his, my head. I just know that burgoo is like a little wilder. They throw in more stuff into it, and then they can just use any meat for the burgoo meat. It doesn't matter. I think they even, like, used back in the day, use, like, all sorts of critters in the, in, the, in the burgoo meat. But it's just, like, a little bit more of an exotic chili, but it's still got the same warm-your-bones type of feeling when you're, when you're sipping on it. I was getting a little worried that you were going to say there was like horse in it with with the Keeneland tie in or something, <laughs> but uh, so I'm, I'm glad it didn't go there. Just the stable donkey. Or do you? You didn't actually know, so maybe who knows? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be. We've talked about eating horses on Kentucky Roll Call before, and how in America it's really taboo to do such. But again, with the mystery meat and burgoo, and there are a lot of horses out there, especially the ones that Roush bets on, and they're just they finish in last place. I don't know. Uh, uh, somebody says burgoo has mutton in it, but I don't even think that's like exclusive that it always has mutton, but maybe that is the, the key staple meat, which is kind of interesting. Cause I'm not a huge mutton guy. It's one of the few meats I actually don't like, but I do love me some good old fashioned burgoo and love me a good old hot brown as well. Uh, which I'm, I am surprised you don't like hot browns. This is so Kentucky Roca. I'm like looking last night, kind of, you know, reviewing some stats, dump, jumping in, getting my basketball points together and. First segment out of the gate, Burgoo. Well, and I, we're appreciative for whatever you can give us, Big Blue Drew. The show's always better when you're on it, and it's fun chatting with you. I haven't seen, this is probably one of our longest stretches where we haven't seen each other in, in person, for what it's worth. That that needs to that needs to change in its own right. But Roush did say that you may only be able to go first segment today. I don't know if that's changed, and if it if it has, that's amazing news. If it hasn't, totally understand and just appreciative having you for any amount of time that we can. But if it was only first segment, Big Blue Drew, shame on you for actually doing real research on sports stuff. You know first segment, silly season. Uh, research was a strong word, I think, to use there. But um, no, I'm going to try to hang out for as much of the first hour as I can. And trust me, TJ, the, the legend of Kentucky roll call is it's just uh, it, it expands well beyond the borders of Kentucky. I always go places, and that's usually if anyone ever kind of just talks to me, it's usually in relation to Kentucky roll call. So, you guys are awesome, and um, thanks for having me, for sure. Hold on. Breaking news that I'm seeing as I pull up my ESPN app this morning. Scoots, there's no – you lost to Miami, right? I uh, don't want to talk about it, actually. That, so don't want to talk IU about it. IU having a solid season, but Miami's good, obviously. Good ACC team. Jim Blairanega, one of the most seasoned guys in, in the ACC. We didn't get to talk about that yesterday. So what, what did you make of Miami's lost Indiana? I'm just seeing it this morning. I thought you were referencing the women. Is oh, what wait, I, the, the, wait, the women lost to Miami? When the, did that happen? The women lost to Miami last night. Number one oh. seed, Indiana, out of the tournament. Whoa. Now my basketball season is officially over. There's no way the men and women lost to Miami in basketball yep. to end their seasons, that, right? It happened, yep. I bet Ooh. people are probably making some jokes about that. We uh, we now hate Miami. Suck it, Miami. Not a big fan anymore. My, Miami and uh, Bloomington have tons in common, though. Eh, That's true. I don't know about that. They're my one and two vacation spots. Miami <laughs> and 1A Bloomington. I don't blame you for Bloomington. <laughs> Miami's a little too overcrowded. People do forget Roush went to a beach for a family vacation in Indiana. 
well, I don't think it was South Beach. I think it was actually the North Beach. But, uh, yeah, they, they do say that Bloomington's the South Beach of Indiana. Uh, Scoots, I was being a little <laughs> facetious, but I am just now seeing that they lost, uh, that you all lost to Miami in both sports. Yeah, I bet, oh, man, this was the dream women's basketball season. It comes to a screeching halt. That's the tournament for you. That's Literally, I was just so excited to watch Indiana women's basketball since the men are out, and that goes by the wayside. I woke up to a text this morning. Of course, I went to bed a little before the game ended. I, I stayed up till about <laughs> halftime. But I get a text from Trevor. Oh, does Indiana hate Miami now? And I was like, you don't tell me that they ended up losing. And they did. So, cool. That's tough. Well, I'm sure you probably both have been locked into the World Baseball Classic. Oh, yeah. Who won last night, speaking of being locked in? <laughs> Big Blue Drew, have you watched even a millisecond of it? I have not. At some point with these twins arriving, they're about eight months old now. You're just gonna I'm just gonna be like, what? Texas is joining the SEC? No way. Or or something like that. It's <laughs> definitely definitely gonna come up at some point um due to my disconnection. So no, I have not watched any of the world baseball classic. But you don't have to have the attitude in your voice when you say world baseball classic. <laughs> I just uh, wanna just, make sure I got it right. It's just the normal world baseball classic. <laughs> <laughs> um it, it so it's championship game tonight in the United States. Uh they dominated Cuba for an easy win and Big Blue Drew, I'm not sure if you're playing with your microphone or not, but it's got a little you're making you're making a few little noises there. Um but so the United States, they go to the championship. The other semifinal games, Japan versus Mexico, which have maybe been the best two teams in the World Baseball Classic. It was a classic. Mexico gets up to a 3 nothing lead. I think we talked about it yesterday, but it is. The atmospheres for these games are just electric. It, it is like baseball without the unwritten rules. Mexico jumps out to a 3 nothing lead. Japan ties it up. Mexico adds two more runs, goes up 5-3. to three. Japan cuts that deficit in half going into the ninth inning, and Japan gets two in the bottom of the ninth. To They go into the inning down 5-4. They end the inning up 6-5, and they advance to the championship. It'll be Japan versus the United States tonight. I believe that game is in Miami, and it's just winner take all. They don't do a series sort of deal here. So it's been fun. Is that in Bloomington? Are you sure? It's not in Bloomington. Well, yeah, actually, we probably will want to double check just to make sure it's not in Bloomington. But it's been it's been a fun it's been a fun baseball classic, and I will be tuned in this evening for the game seven o'clock too, which is actually like a manageable start time. Uh, it maybe would have been better if Mexico would have won from like an atmosphere standpoint, just in terms of like the teams doing the suck it symbols at each other and grabbing their junks and all that fun stuff that you look forward to in any old baseball game. You probably won't have that tonight, but it still will be a pretty good atmosphere, I would imagine. And I'm sure that the, the, the Americans will be totally boisterous and the Japanese will probably respond in kind. But hopefully we can get the win, win our second straight World Baseball Classic. We did invent the sport after all, Big Blue Drew. I just uh, pulled it up while you were talking, TJ, and I saw that for the opening game of um, the World Baseball Classic, Japan had 60 million people watch on TV. That's insane. Gosh, that, I did not see that. That is insane. So, like, the the way they do this is they have kind of pools or qualifiers, and unlike the World Cup, or unlike, and maybe this will change somewhere down the road, but unlike the World Cup and other, other formats, you do your regional – the regionals are spread throughout the world. So, like, Japan hosted one. Uh, I believe I said it on the air. I think it was South Korea that had one. And then I think, obviously, the United States had one. 
And those were the three different like regional pool sites. And Japan just dominated their pool. And they had shoulder to shoulder crowds every time that they were playing. So that is a that is a that's a big number. I wonder how many will be tuned in tonight. Yeah, I know it's, it does sound exciting actually because I do I love um I always watch the baseball all star game kind of catch up all at once and this sounds very similar only competitive. Oh yeah, that is that, if, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, if you like the all star game, you will love the World Baseball Classic, Drew. Yeah, I might tune in tonight, guys. Good good job, you sold me. I think it's going to be uh some nice baseball in March. Yeah, wear some red, white, and blue and, and, and get excited. And the Batcats play today. I think they host Eastern Kentucky looking to keep their hot streak, their dominance ready to go before they hit their first SEC road series this weekend at Alabama. Alabama, a good team. Uh, I think they're 17-4 and four on the season. They have already played their first SEC road series. They went to Florida, who I think is a top three team in the country and was able to get one out of three. They lost the series but didn't get swept, so somewhat respectable going down there on the road to Gainesville. So it'll be a tough challenge for Kentucky this weekend against Alabama, but you're going to want to take care of business tonight, keep this hot streak going, and Big Blue Drew, hopefully give us something to keep an eye on at Kentucky Proud Park this season. Get out there and get some $9 beers. Yeah, and a nice little tie-in to the uh, USA Baseball we had a big announcement yesterday that Kentucky will be representing USA basketball in Canada. Yeah, this is the big piece of news I wrote down from yesterday instead of just crying about UK being out of the tournament and talking more about the Kansas State game from Sunday. But John Calipari dropped this tidbit. It was, it was a funny exchange on the coaches' show. Cal, not in person. Scoots, should we all cry about it? John Calipari, scared to answer the big questions. Uh, Yes. Cry. Cry right now. Okay. Well, well uh, tears are on demand, and they're rolling down <laughs> my beautiful cheeks. But they uh, – so he's out to see – he's out to see Justin Edwards. One thing that people uh, – you know, if Cal does the old, like, it's midnight, I need to go watch a show, blah, 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 that is, that's one thing. People get frustrated by it. I, I, I may if I'm there and I've been waiting to talk to him and he only takes a few questions and then he hits the road. On the coach's show, people need to – I know this is, people aren't going to listen anyways, but people need to not make a big deal sometimes whether he answers questions, he's on the show, he's off the show, he leaves the show early, doesn't stay on the show. He's not going to get asked any overly tough, insane questions on that show ever, ever. So it doesn't really matter. If you want him to answer the tough questions, it ain't going to come in from his own call-in show uh, for what it's worth. Now the issue is, though, we don't know when you're going to hear from him again. Could be a while. Uh, there's no necessarily – set obligations that he has to talk here there or some other time he'll do some opportunity at somewhere down the road you just don't know exactly when it is but he was only on the show for part of the time I, I didn't have any major issues with his answers or anything like that but he did drop that tidbit the big blue drew just said that no you're not going to go see uk in the bahamas like you do every four years but there could be another international trip get your passport ready because the Cats could be going to Toronto. Cal said, I, I, we don't, you know, we're going to have an announcement. We may be playing some games this summer. Could be a good time. And then when he had to go, Chin came into the hot seat, Chin Coleman, and he's just like, yeah, Toronto, baby, <laughs> USA. Woohoo! It's on like Donkey Kong. And he was super excited about it. So he spilled the beans a little bit. Of course, a few people went digging, Jack Pilgrim included, and was like, oh, yeah, other colleges have kind of done this thing before. This is what UK's doing. 
and they will be representing, as Big Blue Drew said, Team USA in Toronto in an event that I think goes like into June to the first week of July. Uh, the dates were out there, and it slipped my mind, like June 30th. I think last year it was like the 5th of July through the 10th is what I saw. So who knows if it'll – I think at this point, TJ, right, we're just trying to look back at last year and just assume that Kentucky's trip there will be, you know, mirror what that was. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was maybe a week earlier, but, it uh, you know, it's around that time of the year. I will say, like, I, I've been to Tor- – the only time I've ever been to Toronto – was in the summer, and the weather was amazing. It was a nice break from the Kentucky heat. I think that could be a fun trip for some people. And, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't go expecting to see the world's best basketball, but I'd imagine it has to be a little bit better than what you've seen in the Bahamas, at least the quality of competition Kentucky's gone against there. These are going to be teams representing their country. I think there's a gold medal on the line, and that's worth playing for and all that sort of stuff. And then secondly, if you want to see these freshmen as much as I do, your first opportunity to do such, this summer uh, when UK competes in this event, that was a nice, like, hey, I know everybody's really, really sad and everything sucks, but here's, like, the smallest little morsel, parcel, to get you excited about something down the road. And I hand up, admit it every day that I'm dumb and I'm a sucker, but it worked. It worked. I'm excited for this event. Uh, I wish Kentucky was playing basketball in two days in Madison Square Garden. It doesn't take away the sting or the pain of that. But Big Blue Drew, having something to look forward to is never the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I don't know that I would have been um, excited, I guess, had it not been for this class coming in. I think that really does change things. Um, And I, I feel like we were projecting a few years ago, kind of counting down the years and really hoping that like a Bahamas trip or something, that four year deal would fall in this class with, you know, all these superstars. So it's nice that they were able to kind of find a loophole, so to speak. And um, I think it's going to be really cool to watch Kentucky, um, you know, represent Team USA. It has such a Mighty Ducks 2 feel to it um, that I, it excited me as well. How What is that loophole? Because you, you mentioned the four years. I was under the impression you couldn't go anywhere other than four years. It's because they're playing under Team USA, I guess. It's not Kentucky gotcha, going here, okay. to my understanding. It's Team USA and um, the Bash Brothers, uh, Aaron Bradshaw and Onyenso. They're going to be the Bash Brothers. Fulton and I can't think of the other guy's name, the the kid they got from Juvie to, to really um, impose their will on the other countries in the big hockey tournament. Yeah, I'm not up to date with my Mighty Ducks knowledge. I've seen all the movies, but – Texan's on it. Texan's on that. We had Fulton and Blank as the Bash Brothers. Help us out. TJ. Was it like a mean name? Let's see. Go ahead, Scoot. Big Blue Drew did research for this show to try to get us through with Kentucky talk. You couldn't do your research on Mighty Ducks? Come on, man. You know, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't told it was going to be brought up today, Scoots. If, if, it's, if Big Blue Drew's on, we're going to talk about the Goofy movie or Mighty Ducks. One or the other. True. True, true. Guess we're saving Goofy Movie for second second. I actually <laughs> went all in on Goofy Movie uh, research. I knew it was going to be the other one. That's always my luck. I'd have everything you could ever want to know about 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 the Goofy Movie. Yeah, Big Blue Drew nailed it, Scoots. It's because you would say, or because UK is not going there as UK, it, they're going as Team USA. And what players were all picked? Oh, wow! Look at that. It was all Kentucky players. Is it their whole roster? Yeah, but that's going to be the interesting thing is can you have, like, international players represent you 
for Team USA in this event? You you would think no, but also Kentucky, like, you know, that, that could be pretty much any college basketball team, or at least a lot of college basketball teams that are worth a fart are going to have an international player or two. It's not totally impossible. Yeah, I do feel like I saw some tidbits about that and um, wish I had more factual information, but I do think that that is um, – going to come into play I don't I, I definitely remember reading some stuff about um Ugo or something you know and and their citizenship potentially playing a role and if they can play or not is a dude the arrow American um to my understanding uh, I told you inter- uh, fun fact was his dad played a year yeah. of high school basketball in the seventh region um but I'm not sure he is he's from Pennsylvania yeah just such a such a French name yeah just could have seen him being from Canada you know wouldn't have been wouldn't have been impossible, but that was cool news. Uh, and Cal did talk about how he may play two seven footers yesterday. People got worked up about that moving forward. Definitely uh, not that I would have expected totally differently. But uh, Oscar Sheboy, Cal basically said he's gone. He even dropped a line saying, "Oh, well, you, we're going to really miss him at times next year and with rebounding and." We will, because I, you know, I'd mentioned that on the show yesterday. We'll talk more about that as the season goes on. But it seems like he'll be gone. Although Cal did initially say he, he made it seem like all the seniors would be gone. He walked that back a little bit yesterday. Said he'll have to figure out who's going to stay, who's going to go, and then after that, it'll be the transfer portal. Basically, said we're not even interested in the portal whatsoever at this juncture. You got to figure out what you're going to have before you go and, and you look at the portal. Although they did reach out to that Harvard guy, so I guess they have at least sniffed around the portal a little bit. But they got to figure out who's going to stay and who who's going to go. That always provides some fun summer radio topics. Although I do wish we were doing that uh, a week later or two weeks later, even uh, the college basketball season in two weeks will be completely and totally over, which is sad to say. Um, but I also doesn't really matter how long the basketball season goes if Kentucky's not participating in said season all right let's take our first break we'll come back uh we can do some text with big blue drew if we want to we can talk just his overall thoughts on the season his opinions on who stays and who goes whatever you all really want whatever big blue drew really wants he's the guest of honor this is kentucky roll call on big Radio. justin kalen producer of the stars and special guest big blue drew in the house today we'll be back after this Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Justin, what, what classic book do you think she should read or maybe already has read? Uh, what's the Alfred Hitchcock one, Birds? That ain't a classic book. That's, not a, that's a classic book. <laughs> I don't even know if that is a book. That's clearly identified as a movie, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> before Alfred Hitchcock got his start on the, on you on named the, like the most movieest movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not a big classic book guy. I, I don't know. I, Harry Potter? Has she read Harry Potter? That is an elite rejoin. So good. It was amazing. Well done, Scoots. Well done. Proud of you, buddy. 
Thanks. I've played that one before, though. I just figured since ah. Big Blue Drew was on, we got to play it again. That was good. It, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, we have heard it before, but the fact that you just do it right there, you got Big Blue Drew, and it's just it's <laughs> it's good regardless if it Big is. Blue Drew's in the house or not. But we're lucky enough to have him today. You're already following him on Twitter and social media, but keep at it at Big Blue Drew 33. If not self-proclaimed OG blog boy, Big Blue Drew, it says on your Twitter page. Yeah, I got hacked a few weeks ago. I was terrified. I really didn't think I was going to get it back. It was a stressful couple weeks or a week or so. And then when I got it back, I had to change my bio. So it's still a work in progress. Okay. I like it. It's it's looking good. Uh, make sure you're following him on all social media. and We're lucky to have him. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. If you, want to, if you want to get in touch with him while we're on the air, go ahead and text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, and stop by Thornton's on your way into work or school or wherever you're heading this morning. Get yourself some donuts and 89 cents. Any size drink, you can get the big one for 89 cents. Such a steal when you walk through gas stations and you see those bottled soft drinks or power drinks or whatever scoots is put into his body. It's just nice knowing that like I don't have to pay a few bucks for this, that, or the other. At Thornton's, 89 cents for one of the giant, huge cups. Quite the deal. It's a steal. And then you get breakfast sandwiches as well, which is also really nice. At Thornton's, there's a million of them all throughout Louisville. Download the app before you go. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. And three cents at the pump each and every time you go to a Thornton's. And we got a lot of text in for podcast listeners, which is always a good time. So shout out to Thornton's. I am actually drinking a zero sugar vitamin water this morning. So suck it. What, f- what flavor? Uh, orange, which is not great. Not great. No. Not great. The The dragon fruit one, I think, is my favorite one Yeah, of the zeros. But yeah, this orange one, I've had better. Scooch, are you a big Imagine Dragons guy? Uh, I wouldn't say a big Imagine Dragons guy, but I I, I, I like their music. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I just wonder <laughs> where, uh, where did that right. come from? <laughs> big, big blue. I was just wondering. Big blue Drew. <laughs> uh, who do you think? Who do you think comes back for Kentucky? Let me put you on the spot here. Whew, I don't. It's fun time of year, right? I always answer this question for like the last eight years with whoever um, you're holding out hope for. Just assume they're going to leave to try to, you know, maybe provide yourself a little cushion there. Um, I don't know, man. I think the number one name you're going to look at as far as wanting to come back and the guy that we're really going to be zeroing in on is Chris Livingston. Um, And I hope he does. And I think he's going to. So he'll be my first one. I think Chris is going to come back. He seems to be really uh, wise beyond his years. And I think um, if he really takes a step back and weighs his options, um, I really believe that Kentucky will end up being the best option for him to take. So that's the reason I think he'll come back. I'd like to see Reeves come back. Um, so I'll throw him in that group and maybe uh, avenge a little bit of what was a really, really tough ending to potentially his career. And um, that's probably where I'll leave it as far as coming back. But again, I think anybody speaking in definitive terms right now is just everyone's guessing right now. I think all these guys um, have unique decisions to make. It is that it is that time of the year. And I, I, sometimes in, in these processes, I think it's just and you you did as much, but just to eliminate who you know is not coming back. Sheway's not coming back. Toppin's not coming back. Uh, Wheeler's not coming back. So that leaves Reeves. It leaves Livingston. 
it leaves CJ, and then it leaves everybody else. But you know, tra- in the tran, like Kentucky's going to have a, a guy transfer. It's just almost certainly going to happen. I'd be I'd be really surprised if they didn't. Who will that person be? Will it be somebody meaningful? Will it be somebody that just couldn't really carve out minutes, and we don't we don't mind as much? Um, we can go through the roster and try to try to guess that out. But that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then, as we already know, with KT Turner, you're going to have some coaching changes. You're going to have he, he's he's leaving. Uh, there's talks that Bruiser Flint. This has been talks for like three years, but he really wants to get back to a head coaching job. And he's willing to really kind of jump on even some small schools if they were to offer him. So you can have a couple different roles that you're going to have to replace on staff. You're probably going to have a surprise transfer. There always could be a surprise just departure as well. Um, but that, that leaves the decision of Reeves, Livingston, and Frederick, in my opinion. And... Big decisions, Big Blue Drew. Like, you know, you could make – could you find realistically anything better in the transfer portal than those two guys in a Livingston and a Reeves? And I don't think you can. Like, you probably could, but between – you you probably could. There's a chance that you could, but between rolling the dice on if that player would even exist in the portal – Versus not all, okay, so that player does exist, now beat out the other top eight programs in college basketball and the guy's hometown and his girlfriend's hometown. Now you need to convince him to come to Kentucky over these other places. And I'm so, getting- so, so it would be tough. Even if the right player does come in the portal that could be better than one of those two guys, it is no guarantee you land that person. Yeah, and I'm getting to the point too, TJ, where it's you can't really quantify it with the stat, but – Having gone through the Kentucky experience for a year and um, getting tight in the tournament, you know, which we've seen, you know, now several years in, um, under the Cal era, just getting really tight in an important game. And I have to contribute a lot of that to the Kentucky experience. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit just about the state of Cal and stuff, how much plays into that. But I was leaning towards really wanting to have those guys back, even with a proven option popping up in the transfer portal, just because they should be able to come in. They've already kind of went through all of that and ideally maybe settle in and just kind of play the best version of themselves on the court because I don't think any of the guys we mentioned, um, you know, did that at a consistent clip, to say the least. That's totally fair to say. And well said on the, hey, a little more familiarity with the roster is going to be better for this group. Couldn't really agree more. And I, I would just love a world where you got both of them back. I don't know if it makes sense. And Big Blue Drew, maybe you can talk me into it or discredit what I'm about to say. But, like, you're going to have Dillingham, DJ, and you're going to have Edwards. And those are players that are going to play one, two, three. Much was made this year about. Livingston's people don't want him to play the four. He wants to be a three. I'm not so concerned so much about that. I think you can get away with Livingston playing the four. But Antonio Reeves is a three. So those are three people that are going to be competing for minutes for you, with you, at that spot that you're bringing in. Reeves may say, I I don't know if I want to play less role. I don't know if I want want fewer minutes um, than I have been. This year was a step back for him from a minute standpoint. He hasn't played 
fewer minutes in a college basketball season since the pandemic year where they canceled the tournament. So not the year after that, but where they canceled the tournament in 2020. Uh, This was the fewest minutes he's played in a season since then. Um, I do think he, he put up his best shooting numbers this year, even in a more limited role. But I think it'd be fair if you're Antonio Reeves to think like, oh, if I, you know, if my minutes are trending in the wrong direction this season, next season, it could be even worse. And do I really want to do a whole nother year of college basketball? I've been through the ringer with this stuff. I agree with you, Big Blue Drew. I would love so badly for him to be like, I don't want to go out that way. It was an up and down season, but it wasn't that up and down. Like I need to, I need to right this wrong here and he comes back for another season. But I do worry about the playing time aspect of it. Uh, and even for Livingston, who sometimes wants to be a three, you may look at that roster and say, it's just, it may be a little too crowded for me. Yeah, after this season and with seeing CJ getting banged up and Savir just out of the picture, if you can dribble and shoot, I want you on the team next year. So I don't think there's enough depth, um, at least from my perspective as a fan. Um, But you're right. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in Antonio Reeves' meeting and see where his head's at. And then um, maybe more so the direction that Cal, you know, maybe leans when he's talking to him, because that seems to me the decision that he's really going to have to make. Does he want to Uh, potentially come back to college and be the man again, come back to Kentucky, maybe play a limited role, avenge that horrible performance um, in the round of 32, maybe win a national championship, potentially have some of the best numbers he's had in limited um, and maybe more limited role. But, you know, maybe then he's, you know, getting invited to, you know, some of these pro workouts. And I'm sure that's on his mind too, is making some, some money playing basketball. So I think his decisions um, pretty deep. And then CJ, um, CJ TJ, I feel like has been, um, everyone's kind of, I feel like putting themselves in his shoes with, he just got married and he's ready to start his life. And I don't know that, that that's really fair to say. I almost kind of feel like with Blair graduating, you know, that's an extra support system for him if he wants to give it another run, because that dude is ultra competitive. And I felt so bad, um, TJ, because you can't even cough or laugh with a cracked rib much less try to play basketball at a high level. So I saw him grimacing and trying to mask that a lot, um, even up until the Kansas State game. So I won't be surprised to see him come back either. Um, Definitely being from Kentucky, just to kind of, um, you know, end it a little bit better. What what, what do you think the worst injury you've had or the most painful injury you've had? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, It was kind of a lingering one. I'm pretty lucky, knock on wood. I haven't had any, like, bad bone breaks or anything but I I had that um that like growers knee or you know when you're growing too fast and I would like um really really struggle with that to like have my knees bent when I was a junior it was very uh very limiting me for mobility so I would say that one but I'm pretty fortunate not to have like one singular traumatic injury what about you uh you no know, that that is that that is lucky on on your part um especially with how much ball you've played over your career, Are you talking about Oshin Slaughters with your knee? Yeah, that was. I didn't want to mispronounce. What's plantar fasciitis? Which one's that? Uh, that's in that's your foot. Your oh, okay. Yeah, I had. Yep, yeah, that was it. You, you know, you'd wear the bands. You still see people wearing the bands. I had a really, really um, bad case of that. So that that was really tough, and I remember it being lingering, painful. Uh, most painful for me, I, I I don't know. I've broken my hand twice, and neither one of those times were, were fun. It just when you were talking about the the cracked ribs aspect of all this, it, there are just you don't you don't really realize how much you do with a specific body part until it's hurting, 
And knock on wood right now, I still have this annoying cough and like sinus and stuff like that, but that's fine. That's nothing to worry about. But like, you know, knock on wood, I'm not experiencing it right now. But like any time that like I've, you know, when I broke my foot five years ago, it's like, oh yeah. Like when you move in, when you You roll over, like when you roll over in bed, like your foot is scraping and moving. Like you, you don't really realize that. Like when I'd broken my hand, just like simplistic things, like even going to the bathroom, it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to use my left. I'm gonna like, you know, I'm gonna have to use left hand for stuff like this. And it made me think of C.J. Frederick, and he probably is just like every little thing he does is probably uncomfortable, and like little things that we take, maybe even passing win for him could potentially be painful. Uh, and I was happy to see him battle and fight through it. I don't think anybody can really question his toughness. I do think a lot of people questioned his ability to be able to stay healthy. And during his time at Kentucky, those those questions have been answered. He, he cannot, unfortunately. He cannot stay healthy. I'd, I'd love for him to come back for another year. And it doesn't really seem like he necessarily has – like he's not, you know, he's not going to go pro. I guess he could probably get paid somewhere to play basketball. Is that something he wants to do? Newly engaged and whatnot. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know CJ Frederick or what's he, what he's thinking. He's not going to transfer. One, I'm not even so sure if he could get away with it for a free year since he's already done that. But maybe he could. NCAA is pretty accommodating. What he'd want to transfer so he could go to like a small school and put up big numbers. I doubt that. Like, I doubt that'd be something he'd want to do. So I hope he'd come back, one, get just healthy again, and two, just know that, like, there's not really – you can take your time getting healthy. There's not going to be a ton of pressure on you. And then he'd be a nice piece to have that just if the offense is not going well, or, or as Big Blue Drew alluded to, and it happens every year with UK, if some people get hurt, you know, somebody's out a few games, it'd just be a nice option to have on the bench. So I'd rather have it. I'd rather have as many shooters as you possibly can. Uh, he couldn't really have a worse season from a shooting standpoint, so it probably means he's due for next year. And I didn't forget <laughs> about Reed Shepard. I, I do, you know, he needs to be included while we talk about this potential logjam from one to three. He should be included somewhere in that. And I think his expectations, he's going to be a good locker room present. He's, he's, I think he's going to be understanding to, like, I'm not expecting to get 20 minutes a game. I'll be fine with whatever role I get. But I'm so impressed by him as a basketball player. He just seems to like have it, you know, that it factor. He's going to make people around him just so much better, whether it's just in practice or, like I said, in the locker room. But someday it's going to be on the court and in games in a U.K. jersey. And I bet you'll see a little bit of it his freshman year, but not a lot of it. But at some point in his basketball career, he's going to do some incredible things at U.K. And he's just a, a player that's going to make other good players better and contribute a lot to winning basketball. I can't wait to see him, but I don't know how much that's going to be in year one, but he should still at least be considered. So I didn't, I didn't just forget about him. I was kind of going down from a numbers minute standpoint, but I, I could also see it being like February and everybody's being like, well, you can't keep Shepard off the court. He just, he helps too much to the point where you got to play him uh, even in some meaningful minutes as well. So uh, you got a lot of options. I'd like to see CJ come back and just, you know, be able to put him on the bench and hopefully get something out of him at some point in the season, but not have to rely on him from a health standpoint. And then Reed Shepard also will will leave his imprint, I think, on, to some manner on next year's team. Yeah, everything about Reed Shepard has a, um, you know, he's facing the toughest adversity every night and he's thriving on, you know, if he goes into a gym or an AAU event, that's always the feedback that comes back to me is that um, 
you know, him shutting the crowd up and just being able to rise to the occasion time after time after time. The Shepherds are gamers, baby. Big time gamers. Big time gamers. By the way, Ben Roberts saying that Uganda and Yenzo will return to Kentucky next season. Not a surprise to anybody, but Big Blue Drew, do you have any concerns about UK just tapping this dude on the head and saying, all right, you're the starting five. Go, yeah. go be dominant. I do, and I'll put, I'll put it from this uh, point of view, and I'm not really blaming Kentucky or Calipari because it's kind of just how rosters are made these days with the transfer portal and COVID years and just kind of the abnormality of it. But I miss the old school days, TJ, where if the starting five wasn't playing good this year, you pulled the guy up to get him ready for later in the season or next year, right? We're grooming people to get better year after year. So, you know, maybe junior Ugo is just, you know, really good because he had all these opportunities this year. Long way of saying I wish he would have got a little bit more playing time this year to be ready. Um, I think you kind of saw that role a little bit with the arrow where he was getting groomed a bit. You know, he got in some big moments, I think got some valuable experience. So I would have liked to see that a lot more because, I mean, gosh, do you remember back to the the blue-white game and stuff? I mean, just his knack for blocking shots. Um I thought there was a, you know, and I'm not saying he should have played 10, 12 minutes a game, but I would have liked to see him got in there, get some jitters out, get get pushed around a little bit. Um, so he's not, I guess, going through that process next year because, yeah, absolutely, we haven't seen him play enough against, you know, good, solid competition to see how he's going to fare. But by all indications, I think he's going to do well because you can't teach um, the way that he was blocking those shots. And I know people say that a lot. Um, but it's so true. And, and him just having that knack, I think, with his size, um, he's going to do some good things. Scoots, this is why we can't have Big Blue Drew on all that frequently. It's just he, he, I agree with him too much. Like, it's just he, he says too many great points. I agree with it. It makes for boring radio. But I'll try to get some hot takes before we get out because I do want to give my, um, my Calipari State of the Union. Oh, okay. We've been getting out a little earlier to try to get back at the top of the break, but maybe we go a little longer since you've been such a nice guest. Certainly, you you, you, might, you know, go into hour two, Big Blue Drew. Who cares? You know, work, smork. The bank's going to still be there. Ah, no, we'll be at my desk on time if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, totally, I totally understand. Uh, that, that's a fair criticism about Calipari for this year is why did Collins and Uganda not get so many minutes? There's a huge flaw for this team in terms of rim protection. And, and your two top t- shop lockers just couldn't see the floor as much as we thought that they should or could. And that's not to say, and, you know, I, I definitely think more so for Collins. And he's somebody that we should mention as a transfer candidate, a coming back candidate, a leaving, just, you know, I'm going to go try to make money somewhere candidate. He, he, he's somebody that we should have also mentioned, but there's only so much time in each conversation. Um, but he, he's a totally fair one. And I definitely think he should have even got more minutes because you've got to you put out there at times. And while you'd see the potential, you also would see some mistakes as well. And you'd go, okay, I can kind of see why he's not playing a lot. But I still totally agree with everything that you said, that who cares? Like, let him learn through that stuff. Those are the ways he's going to get better. It may look ugly at times. I get it. You may not want to put him in in the final four minutes of a close game. I wouldn't do it either. But you you could have found sometimes, hey, Oscar needs – he's got two fouls before we put Lance in there you got to go go give two minutes. Let's see what you can do. If you can do better, you can stay in a little bit longer. And they would have been harmless, and and, and they could have been good things. And, that, and going on to that point, I want you to get to your Calipari State of the Union. So just comment on this, and then you can go right into that. But I, 
I was a big Uganda believer, like, and I still am, obviously. I, I've got text messages from November to my friend that I probably talk UK basketball with the most, where I was like, that dude's going to be an absolute star. He's only going to be at UK two years, and next year he could be totally and completely dominant. And my friend was like, yeah, pump the brakes a little bit. Like, you know, pump the brakes. And he was right. I needed to pump the brakes on it a little bit. I still just think his potential's through the roof. Again, similar reasons for what Big Blue Drew said. But how could he be, and Cal has now alluded to him a few different times. And I, I, we all love John Cal. Well, I shouldn't say we all love John Calipari. But I'm a, I'm a John Calipari guy. But you're you're setting this bar, you got a Kingsley on Yenzo high. Like, you're the one that's putting this bar really high for this dude. He's now mentioned it, I think, three different times, at least in the last month. And if you go back to the, how long he's been in the program, he's raved about this dude for a really long time. So if he's your answer at the five and you're going to play Bradshaw at the four, and they're, you know, you're going to be able to play some Bradshaw at the five, I'm sure, if you've got a dust struggle. So you do have a little bit of safety option there. But how can he be your answer for next season, the next big thing, a dominant player, one of the good ones, maybe a, maybe a, one of the elite ones? Callis really talked this dude up, and he couldn't even crack the floor for a few minutes this year against a team that just couldn't block shots as they were getting beat off the dribble left and right, or their big man was just getting abused in the pick and roll, this guy who's going to be the next big thing in 2023, 2024, couldn't sniff the floor at, you know, just even here or there. It doesn't, I think he's going to be a nice player, but I do pump the brakes a little bit just because it doesn't, if, if, how big of a leap can you take in a few months? You can take a big one and it can, and it even could be totally sizable that he is becomes a top 10 draft pick. And maybe that's the case that's going to happen for him. But could it really be that substantial where somebody that provided something different for you couldn't see the floor, but in five months he's going to be, he's going to be your, your dude? Exactly. To, to say it in, I guess, more concise, TJ, both things can't be true. <laughs> like, like, I just don't I mean, really they understand. Maybe, they maybe can because, again, people can take jumps and, like, you're going to get better over the next few months. It's working time, baby. Like, you just better be hitting the weight room and you better be working on your post moves and rebounding. Like, you you can get better over the course of a few months, but ha- realistically, realistically, how much better? And that's, that's, I think, where we do agree. Well, it was, it was a classic cow spin on that, too. I mean, we were, like, less than 24 hours removed from, you know, a devastating loss when he starts spitting that. So it, it changed the narrative quickly, kind of got some positive juices flowing. I know yesterday, I said, I was kind of, um, I wasn't in the mood to hear about next year's freshman class. I know they talked a lot about that on the coaches show. And I, I said, I've seen that movie, the sequel, the prequel, all of this. So, um, and, and I guess that leads me into my points about Calipari. And, and it's this TJ that last year I got to the point where I was still um, major Cal supporter was in his corner but the people that weren't in the cow haters, I would at least sit down at the table with them, listen to their point of view without dismissing it like previous years I would do and, and just, you know, basically say you're crazy like, you know, Cal's the man. So I, I kind of got shifted a little bit last year to at least listening to the argument, if that makes sense. So then it makes sense. OK, so so then we get to this year and. Just just having the vantage point that I had on Sunday, TJ, and really Friday, too. Cal is, um, I, I guess the term I'm going to use is overcoaching. He's micromanaging. Um, they're not getting on to the next play. He's relentless on officials. And I just, from my point of view, it, it's, it's weird to me that Cal's a charmer in every other aspect of his life, except when he steps on the basketball court. Um, I think in big moments, he just gets really animated, 
And I think it translates to the players. Obviously, I mean, you could just call so many times that Kentucky's got bounced from the tournament when you didn't feel like they should have. Um, it was just poor shooting or just things that um, you really didn't see coming or shouldn't have happened. So um, particularly the officials, like I just don't understand it. And I wish I had a perspective, TJ, to from the early Cal years, because I wasn't you know, really around covering the program then, to see if it was all the same. But there were so many examples on Sunday when his obvious direct goal was just to annoy that official to no end. One example being, he's, you know, you can see him on TV just screaming at the officials, right? So he's screaming, come over here, come over here. He calls one over. The official gets three steps from him. Cal turns around, walks the other way. Like, if you could have seen the look on the official's face of just, you know, pure disgust. And then he also does the thing where he'll call an official over. He'll point at another official and say, that one won't call this. I need you to call it. And you know you're going to stand up for your coworker, right, TJ? If you're out at a random spot, someone's talking trash about Justin, your initial thought's probably going to be to defend them. So putting that all together, I don't see how his approach helps Kentucky get calls at all. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the games would get officiated even worse if he didn't. Um, but maybe that's part of what makes the, the players uptight. But I, my definitive point will be this, though, TJ. So looking at next year, to me, Big Blue Drew, there is not a scenario that Kentucky doesn't make the Final Four and you can say anything, but maybe it's time to make a change. Because let's look at it. They're either going to be the team that we think that they are and really have an awesome season, they have all this talent, and they're going to go in the tournament and get upset, or we're going to have a similar year to this year where we feel like we underachieved with all of that talent and get bounced in the tournament just the same before the Final Four. So it, I never would have said that prior because – there's just so much that goes into to making a Final Four. The ball can bounce either way. But where we stand at this moment with Kentucky basketball, that's where I'm at. Next year, it's Final Four or bust. Well, uh, well articulated, Big Blue Drew. There's a lot of great points you made. I don't agree totally with all of it, although I, you, you, you formulated your opinion so much. Uh, it's a respectful disagreement. But we got to go to a break. So I will touch on – I was even like writing down little notes while you were – while you were saying it. And, and your perspective is much appreciated. Uh, the stuff with the officials, I do agree with you. And I'm going to give my two cents on it when, when we come back from the break. Uh, just, I, I guess, the part I disagree with a little bit. And, again, I'll talk more about Be, it. Make it disrespectful, TJ. Make it a disrespectful disagreement. It's, it, uh, sadly, I can't do that with you, buddy. Uh, I, I, it's the overcoaching aspect of it, which you could be totally right again. It's just I don't blame – like Calipari being too tough on his players for why Antonio Reeves just shrunk in the moment. And it just doesn't make sense for, for me that Jacob Toppin could have a, you know, be so consistent and then in such a big game, just go missing. I'm, I'm just not willing to put that on Calipari. I'm putting that on the players as a player, you know, some, as a player, you know, I used to play intramural. It's not a big deal. Like you, players are the ones that are out there. If you let a coach get in your head, that's on you. That's on you. It's not on the coach. It's on you if you let a coach get in your head. Uh, but all that stuff being said, it's a minor disagreement, and I'll give, I'll go into it a little bit more. But I mostly agreed with a lot that you said. Big Blue Drew is a lot of fun. Thanks for joining. We've got a whole another hour of Kentucky roll call. It'll be the Scoots and TJ special. But Roush may be hopping in with some football news, which that may be a nice palate cleanser with everything else going on. But Big Blue Drew, enjoy your Tuesday at the bank. Thanks again. You guys too. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, it's good, good group healing therapy. So thank you. And I always appreciate having me on. Big Blue Drew, he's the best. He's the biggest. He's the bluest. And he's the Drewest. 
We will be back for hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here. Oh. TJ Walker and Justin Caleb for this hour. Maybe a surprise visit by Roush, but... Scoots, I wouldn't hold our breath, huh, buddy? Uh, no, yeah. I, I knew when he said that last night. I was like, yeah, fat chance that happens. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll hold yeah. out some hope. And I was like, man, that's... So they opened up a little bit of practice to the media, which I guess, didn't he say it was at 7.30? Correct, yeah. I didn't see a bunch of tweets about anything. That's true. He might have fi- fibbed us. They, they could do, UK basketball would do this, and I still think does do it, where you could, hey, watch this practice, but you can't tweet anything as it's going on. Now, an hour after practice, you can, you can whatever you all want to say, you can say. It could be a situation like that, but nobody's tweeting it about anything. So either they've got an embargo on it, or it hasn't started yet. Or Roush just fibbed about the whole thing. Huh, not not tweeting during makes makes the most sense to me. Let, let's go with that. I don't know. I don't think I don't remember UK football doing that though. Uh, it's a new era of UK football. It's not your granddaddy's UK football anymore. Was it my granddaddy's UK football last year? I don't know. They didn't do any of this last year. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't I don't remember there being times where they told media they couldn't they couldn't tweet during, but, hmm. but maybe this is the first time that they've done it. Guess we'll have to wait for Roush and find out. Regardless, I was like, yo, so they just sprung the open practice on you. That's crazy. But I was like, you know, kind of cool. Like the more open practices, the better. I always say so good that they did it, but surprising. They gave such short notice and Roush was like, no, they, they, they gave me plenty of notice. I just forgot to tell you. <laughs> Provided a 19 hour notice calling in. Unbelievable. I was like, well, I mean, not a huge deal. We'll be fine. But uh, I would like we could we could probably talk to UK and see if we could do a show near the open practice by the open practice. Probably not there knowing their contract and JMI and all that sort of stuff. But we could do a show in Lexington. I, You know, we could figure something out potentially or we could go to the practice and then do a show. I, you know, I don't know. Um, so in the, in the, in the Roush would be like, well, they have a media schedule. You can subscribe to that stuff, which is true, which is true. But we, uh, but it was nice having big blue drew on even without Roush and we'll, and maybe Roush will surprise us and hop on and talk a little football. Uh, good, good, good hearing from him. Scoots. What did you make of his appearance? Do you want to talk, uh, trash about him now that he's gone? Uh, no, I really like Big Blue Drew. He's he's one of the best in Kentucky sports media. Somebody actually texted in on the text line and said that the voice of Big Blue Drew is the only thing that can ease the pain of March sadness. While I do think that's somewhat true, 
I would also throw Dylan Ballard into that category as well. So not not just Big Blue Drew. Give a shout out to Dylan as well. But both of those guys could really ease the pain of March sadness just just from their voice. So yeah, I, I always love having Big Blue Drew on. He uh he he provides a different insight than we get typically on this show, which is it's refreshing. Okay, first off, what insights that scoots? I don't know. He's just he's just got a diff not insight. That was the wrong word. Maybe he's just got a different mindset. He he thinks about things a little different way than we typically discuss on this show. Which it's not just him. I mean, that's that's with all of our guests. They they just everybody looks at things different ways. So that's always refreshing when you get that. I I, I don't disagree with you, but somehow you how you said it was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Well then, I'll, oh. well, then I'll tell you, I was offended when Big Blue Drew said you were out in public and somebody was talking crap about me. You'd stick up for me, and you didn't come in and say, yeah, I would. So I'm under the impression that you wouldn't stick up for me in public. So might have been a little bit of a shot. What would you – yeah, I, I would – I mean, I would stick up for – I'd say you're a good guy. <laughs> what, would you want me to fight somebody that's talking bad about you? Precisely, yes. I'm not doing that. Damn it. If somebody came up and was like, man, Scoot stinks, I'd be like, oh, I know, he's a good guy. I like him. I've, I've got to find then, a radio show where, where they'll fight for me. And then if the person was like, oh, yeah, well, would you you want to get punched in the face for that take? I'd be like, <laughs> no, I, it's, that would be assault, uh, not preferably. So sorry, Scoots. That's okay. Ver- verbal's fine for me. No, but you're right. A lot of great insight from Big Blue Drew. Appreciative for his hour on the show. Keep the text rolling in on the Thornton's text line. We're going to get to him in this in this hour. I want to touch on a few things that he said. First off, with the official stuff, I don't know if there's anybody on social media that's a bigger official. Hater's not the right word. It's just like it. it it's still I just cannot wrap my brain around the fact that these guys and gals have an impact on the actual game. And it just seems like so much of the sports population is just so complacent or indifferent to their impact on the game. These people are working their butts off year round, running hills and lifting and watching game film and prepping and doing all this stuff just for some goober. Let's just say their side profession is like a roofer like making, like deciding whether or not their seasons get to continue or not continue. Like, I it just, it, it, I, it boggles my mind that more people aren't like, hey, we need to hold these people accountable. We make, we need to make sure we've got the top people at their craft. Uh, and we need to ideally make sure there's not biases involved with the whole ordeal. Nobody is, I, if there, if there is somebody out there, let me know because I'd love to follow them. I'm sure I'd probably agree with everything they say. But like I'm, I'm tough on officials. I also realize they do have a tough job. I draw the line at like high school officials. High school officials can make mistakes. We got to make sure that our kids are able to play sports. So you need to make sure that there are enough high school officials. But college officials are different. When you're doing SEC games, you're getting good money. When you're doing Big East and ACC games, you're getting good money. We need to make sure these people are just as anything that's an important job. It's an important job. It, it, it is an important job. It's not totally it's in the same realm of importance as like a pilot while you some people may roll their eyes at that at that comparison 
Like a pilot is in charge of a bunch of people's lives. Those are actually living lives. But officials are in charge of deciding a fair basketball game or football or whatever sport it may be so that the players and the coaches are the ones that are having an impact, not them. And far too often you see Scoots. Go ahead. What's up? Go ahead. You can finish. Oh, was that just a little... No, I thought back? I thought you were done, so I was going to speak. No. Go ahead. And just far, far, far too often, you'll just have uh, officials that just seem to want to insert themselves into games, make themselves be known, be cute, do silly little things. And to some extent, you know, they should be able to have a little bit of fun. To others, other extent, it can't cross a line of, well, wait a minute. Like, are you, what are you doing this on purpose? Are you not doing this on purpose? They never have to answer any questions. We never get to hear about the accountability or the reports or what they get reprimanded on. Sometimes you'll hear that they were reprimanded or the crew will have to not do a game or anything like that. But we never, we, it's all just, it's, we're, we're all just fleeced by the whole thing. Um, so I am on top of it. All that's to say, Big Blue Drew's right that like Cal just kind of takes it weirdly too far. And I've and this is something that we've been saying on Kentucky Roll Call, at least throughout this season, and maybe prior seasons. I don't know. It all runs together. But like you you've got to play the game a little bit. And Cal doesn't seem to play the game at all. He's playing a totally different game. He's trying to play some mind games. So when Big Blue Drew said that Cal will grab an official, you know, not literally grab him, but you know, go up to an official and say, you need to look for blah, 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 because that guy over there, and he's screaming while he's doing the whole thing, that guy over there doesn't call it. That's a mind game. That's a mind game for both officials, where now that one official has to think, like, hey, Cal's out of his mind, but, like, do I need to overlook for this other guy's mis- officiating mistakes? Am I, am I really the one doing the better job? Uh, you know, they probably don't think too much of it, but it will enter their mind. And then the other one's like, oh, well, he needs, he's talking, it probably just actually ticks him off. But you're getting in these people's heads, and that's what I think Cal tries to do. And I don't know if it's just an old school coaching method that you used to do with referees back in the day, or you'd have a little bit more back and forth with them. It's not like it's this new, you know, Gen Z generation of officials that's still older folks most of the time doing the officiating but he he needs a different approach it doesn't work and as i think there are already biases in the sport and at the profession of officiating cal you're not you're you're not helping yourself you're not making the case any easier for you if anything you're playing in to probably the same things you think that i also think you got to play the game be a schmoozer you can do it on the recruiting trail. You can try to do it on the sidelines. And I also think there's a little bit of a ripple effect. I don't think this is totally a huge deal. But I also think if it impact, if it has a little bit of an impact, then it's probably more than it should be. But some of the players probably see you panicking with officials, and they may panic themselves. Um, I, I do think they have this strategy. I've, I've been told this before at UK, where it's just like, players, you all don't say anything to the officials. The coaches have made promises to the players that they will have their back and they need the players just to focus on the game. I do like that approach, but Scoots, Cal takes it too far with, with the stuff with the officials. He he needs to, I don't say he needs to have like a come to Jesus moment or anything like that. And I do think Cal's mindset is like, hey, this is the context of the game for most officials. There are a few examples. And he's like, well, I'm going to, you're, you're going to make a few bad calls. I'm going to get after you. Uh, I, you know, I'll praise you at, from time to time, 
but this is a game. And then once the game's over, yeah, I'm sure you're fine, guys. Supposedly him and Doug Shows have a good relationship, and they'll talk with one another from time to time. I do think there's a few that he thinks takes it personally. And it sounds like he was just, you know, losing his mind, as he so often does in the second round of Greensboro. That being said, I was told that their officials were just staring down Cal. Uh, there was especially one who just, like, anytime there was a call, whether the one he made or didn't make, he'd just kind of go make a face at Cal. Like, that's dumb. Like, you can't be doing that. That's same on the official. You can't be doing that. Well, I think Cal takes the wrong approach to the whole thing. You don't need the officials doing that either. But I just think if you want calls, insulting somebody for 30 minutes isn't going to make them more willing to give you a call in the final five or ten. Man, lot to unpack there. So, from my perspective, it's not just Cal – it's, it's coaches across the country, and not even just coaches, but players. Like, whatever happened to the good old days where we're raised and we are taught, do not show up the officials. Whatever you do, do not show up the officials. They're just sitting there doing their job. There were so many games I watched this weekend where players were getting an official's face. Like, you're, you're wrong call. Officials are, are lenient these days. Back in, I don't know, I don't, I can't say definitively, but back in like our childhood, I feel like you get an official's face, it's an instant technical foul. I, I would have such a fast whistle if I was a referee and a player got in my face, or even a coach for that matter, got in my face. Your T, instant, instant technical. But they've kind of put it on themselves as officials because you – we rip on officials all the time, but the one thing that we just want to see when it comes to officiating is consistency. That is the only thing that we want to see. And I have a perfect example for you, TJ. I got really, really ticked off during the Kentucky-Kansas State game the other day because do you remember – I don't know if you will or not, but do you remember a game earlier this season Indiana had and Jordan Geronimo took the ball from underneath the basket and just lobbed it to the official who was standing on the end line? Do you remember that at all? I, I do not. Sounds like a pretty generic play. So so Geronimo got a technical from that situation. Literally just caught the ball from the bottom of the net, threw it to the official. You're, an offensive player is not supposed to touch the basketball once it goes through the rim. That's the rule. You had a guy with Kansas State the other day make a layup, caught the ball from the bottom of the net, and literally slammed it on the ground and just set it there. How in the hell is that not a technical? But Jordan Geronimo trying to speed the play up, getting it to the official, that is a technical. It just doesn't make sense. We just need more consistency when it comes to officiating. Yeah, you do. And I don't, you know, I think you probably need to expect to get a technical for doing what Noel did, slamming the ball in the paint. I also don't care so much that they didn't call it. Like, you know, I wasn't, like, throwing a fit that they didn't call it. But I, I, I just have no single tiny small doubt in my brain that if a U.K. player had done that, even in that same game, it wouldn't have been called a technical. Like, I just have no doubt that if Oscar, on one of his just monster slams, didn't grab the ball and slam it in the paint, that it would not have 100% have been called a technical. And I just, you know, I think of Isaac Humphreys all, all the time. All the time. Poor guy. Poor guy didn't deserve it. The team didn't deserve losing to College Station. You get the win down there. Maybe you're seeing it differently. Maybe UK wins the whole national championship. We look at Scalabissier differently. Ah, uh, what could have been? What could what could have been? And I agree with you, Scoots. It needs to be about the consistency. And I do think UK players do a good job not whining to the refs. 
I was telling my mom when I was watching some of the CSAA basketball a couple of months ago, watching Little Cousins and stuff like that, that I was like, I, I kind of regret, in hindsight, being as demonstrative towards officials as I was as a kid. It was kind of embarrassing. It's like... Um, I didn't know any, I didn't know any better. I had big emotions. I, I had a you know I'm talking like when I was in seventh and eighth grade and stuff like that. Although still did it even older than that as well. But just big emotions. Didn't really know how to react. But uh, I do regret it a little bit. But also officials can can be frustrating. I mean it's it really is just foolish because how many times have you seen a player or a coach or anybody affiliated with any team scream at the official that they got the call wrong and the official goes oh you know what. You're right. Let me let me reverse my call. It just doesn't happen. The officials are they're I don't know, stubborn, I guess is what as how you could say they're, once they're they make that call. Exactly. They're humans. Yeah. They're just like you. They're just like me. Uh it 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 happens. But I do think when you're at that level of importance of a job, you you need to be you, you one, you gotta love the game. You have to love the integrity of the game. You've gotta, you know, you have to realize what the kids are putting into it. So you need to be doing your best and you do. You gotta leave your biases at the door, even in a game where you have a grown adult screaming at you for 37 minutes. You just you you can't let that impact you. And again, I just I can't imagine a scenario though, talking about how these people need to be one way and how they're not. How, so how would it not? How would it impact you if you had that going on? And it'd be negative. It wouldn't make you more positive. So I think he needs to take a different approach. I don't think he can help himself either, uh, which is a, a problem in its own right. So the official stuff, Big Blue Drew nailed it as we spent uh, an additional twenty minutes just talking about it. But do agree with him on that. The the, the I, I you know I touched on it there at the end of the hour. The overcoaching aspect of it, maybe there could be some truth to that, but. Then when people have big games, what was Cal saying the right things all of a sudden right then and there? Was he doing he, he he's pretty he's usually pretty consistent with his approach. I do think and Big Blue Drew touched on this and this is another area where I'm zigging and zagging and I'm zigging back to agreeing with him. I do think he's changed. I think he's let people get to him, if you will. And I was talking with a buddy on the phone about this yesterday and, and just strongly agreed with his takes, but that like I do think he's kind of let just some outside voices or even in the program voices. It, it, while I, he is consistent with his approach, it does seem he like he just kind of cares about the wrong things from time to time in a game, whether it's playing time, whether it's kind of going out of your way to like hype up a dude or praise a dude. It, it just it, it seems like he was going to do things. And this is maybe what got him in trouble, even. I, I, I'm open to suggestions on this. I'm, I'm willing to change my opinion on the matter. But it seemed like when UK was rocking and rolling, it was Calipari, it was his way, and that was the way he was going to do things. And then things kind of got stale. Things started to, or at least not from a Final Four perspective, but even then you were still going a little bit deeper than you're going now. And you started hearing the talk that, well, there's now that PV's gone, there's nobody there that will, that he can, that can talk to him, that can listen to him. And I don't know if that went just like so far the other way that he just kind of, I don't know. It seems like he has more self doubt than he used to. And that could just be a product. This is something that we talk about during the season when you hear locker room problems or this player, it, winning cures everything. 
maybe this is just a product of he's not winning, so he's kind of getting in his own head about what, why you know I need to recruit this way or hit the transfer portal this way or I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or maybe I do want to start hurting some feelings. He just seems to kind of have lost a little bit of his game plan um, it, with overall program management. It's not one specific thing necessarily. It's just a combination of a bunch of things, Scoots. That's a really interesting mindset because I'm sitting over here thinking that anytime I watch Cal, it just seems like he's got the mindset that, and I'm hesitant to say this. I'm super hesitant to say this because it's going to sound hot takey, but it's really not. Cal just seems to have that mindset of that he's bigger than the game of basketball, which hearing you bring up those points, it's like, well, maybe there is some self-doubt and maybe that is why Kentucky has been struggling because he's like outside, yeah, whatever it may be affecting him. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I've never thought of it that way. Or it could be as simple as like Cal's realized he's had to have some humble pie and take a step back and he just doesn't really know any other way than just to like, run the program like he was from 2010 20 the the criticism is impacting him negatively and he's not responding the way that he wants to respond or the way that people would expect him to respond it's it's he's getting in his own head and it's it's making him worse it's like when you're a kid and your parents try to make you eat peas but you don't really like peas maybe it's the same with calipari maybe he doesn't like humble pie doesn't want to eat that piece i don't think he does but that's why you almost. That's why you just so badly needed a run this year. But he just needs to reset. He's going to have a more similar team, and he's going to have more similar dudes to what he's used to in terms of NBA talent for next season. Uh, he needs to have that 2010 to 2017 mindset and and, and bring that back. And uh, he just, you know, I, I don't know if he's worried about hurting feelings or not hurting feelings. He don't worry about hurting feelings. Just put together the best team possible. Don't worry about boosters or donors or Mitch Barnhart or this, that. Just worry about your team and, and take whatever positive edge and attitude you need to just win, to what, get back to, to winning. What a concept. John Calipari can be better with NBA talent. Yes, that's it's not it's <laughs> yeah, wild stuff. And then last thing with Big Blue Drew, just he you know, he, he kinda expressed I'm putting I'm putting words in his mouth here, but just basically it was said, hey, it's it's Final Four bus for this upcoming season, and otherwise something needs to be done, changes need to be made, different direction of the program. Does that affect I, the team? I, you think? Yeah, because they're going to hear probably. that all summer. I mean, they're going to hear it all summer, for sure. And that's fine. I mean, it's Kentucky. It's not like there wouldn't be pressure otherwise. But yeah, it, it's probably amped up a little bit. It's amped up a little bit more. It's just been too too long since there's been a run. This is a group that should be able to do it. I agree with Big Blue Drew that all the eggs are in this basket. I'm not a big ultimatum guy necessarily, but ultimatum. It, like it just even if things were good, even if things were great, like it's just been a long time, and he's not getting any younger. You know how much is he even enjoying the traveling aspect, the grind that is being a head coach at, at UK. Uh, and then it all comes back to just like this lifetime contract was kind of a disaster because Cal, I'm sure, is one, not too many people voluntarily give up their driver's license. You're definitely not going to have John Calipari give up a $10 million annual contract or, you know, I think it's $9 million now, but it's whatever the number is. 
it's just a it's an insane amount of money. He's not just going to voluntarily give that up. So you have him in a position where I do think the competitive I'm not worried about him being lax or anything like that. That's that big rant I just went on had nothing to do with I don't think he's got a competitive spirit. He does. I know he wants to win, but on the flip side, he he probably hears some of the haters. Some of it probably does get to him a little bit. And he probably just thinks, I'll figure this out. And guess what? If I don't, I'm getting paid. And it's great. But at some point, it's been a long time. This is a job that I don't know if I necessarily agree with him that it's an automatic like 10-year lifespan. But it's probably not far off from that. And for probably for most coaches, it is probably something similar to that. And it's just a job that needs to have a shot in the arm every once in a while. And I don't even know if 15 years, 16 years is – even every once in a while or, you know, at that point in this contract, I guess, what are we at now? 14, whatever the year would be. It's a long time. It's a long time. So uh, I, I don't think that it needs to be you do this or it's all over for you. But I do think it's just the sun setting on the whole thing. And I want it to go out positively. I want it to go out the way that we think it should go out for all the great memories we had earlier on in the Cal era. You should you should finish with one of those, and it will respark all those fun fun emotions, and we can we can go out the right way. And this is the team to be able to do it. So there is a little pressure on it. They're like, all right, this seems like this could be the the group that gets everybody back and feeling good. It's just you wish that somewhere along the line you had another run just to hang your hat on, but it ha- hasn't been the case. That that would be a tough way to go about things if you're John Calipari. I mean, imagine having a job. Say you work in an office with. I don't know, 100, 150 people, and you're the leader of them all, you get this job, and they say, you're going to have this job for the rest of your life. And then constantly you walk into work, and out of those 150 people, you got about 85, 90 of them just talking about how you're not good at your job and they don't like you. It'd be a lot of pressure to deal with. But you know what they say about pressure, TJ? Makes good diamonds. Or bus pipes. Or bus pipes, yeah. <laughs> and that's really kind of where the UK basketball program's at. There's been a lot of pressure. It feels like things are about to bust. But maybe with this beautiful class coming in, diamonds are just going to – what if diamonds burst it out of the pipe? How that about would, that? That would be great. What a dream. Well, that would be something. Uh, you can have a dream lunch at Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown. It has a drive through Don't worry about getting out of your car. And the one in St. Matthew's, covered patio. It's open perfect for outdoor seating if you got a bunch of little kids you can let them run around while you enjoy your delicious mexican food download the salsaritas app it'll save you time Uh, you can order have it waiting for you at the store if you choose to do that i did that the other day it made it very convenient and easy we're in a little bit of a rush or you can obviously just go in order it it's going to be made right in front of you so you know it's going to be fresh and then you can use the app and save money each and every time you go you build up rewards points and it doesn't take a lot to be to have them say oh yeah your entree's free which is always sweet to hear at Salsaritas. two locations middletown and st matthews go there for lunch today we'll be back one final segment of kentucky roll call on big exports radio Ask me about Kentucky Roll Call. Come out, Virginia. Don't let me wait. You Catholic girl, start moving. 
One final segment, because I'm your roll call here on Soul Sports Radio. Go to ShadyRace.com. Spring is officially here. 524 came yesterday. Scoots, and boom, spring was back, and it was Shady Race time in the big city. You can use promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. Any sort of reason that you may need sunglasses. If you're a runner, you got mini marathon and marathon season coming up. You may realize that it's going to be sunny when you're running. Shady Rays has the perfect, perfect glasses for running, polarized shades as well. 25% off when you use promo code BIGX. Go to ShadyRays.com. It's an amazing company. They've got a lot of great things going on for them. We talk about them every day, and they're always on their website. Over 200,000 five-star reviews. That's more than our Kentucky Roll Call podcast page has, Scoots. Just a little bit, bit. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's close, though. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? We're not a... We're not a sun, a world class sunglass company. We're just, uh, we're just a mom and pa radio show. That's right. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's springtime. So when is the weather going to pick up? Because I am sick and tired of the end of March having to go outside and warm up my car because it's twenty five degrees every morning. It's for the birds. It's uh, going to be fifty six today. That's going to feel nice. That will feel nice. Yeah. We. What did you get? What did you get into last night, Scoots? Um, what did I do last night? I worked. I, oh my gosh, I watched trash TV while drinking Platinums. So that's why you weren't watching the IU basketball game? Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did catch a little bit of it. I had forgotten about it, but yeah, me and my roommate were watching, um, hesitant to say this, but perfect match on Netflix. Good show. Nothing. No, I. It, it, I what, was, what was it about? What's it about? Um, so, Perfect Match is basically all like the reality shows. So you've got the Mole, um, the Circle, Love, okay. Love is Blind, all those shows like that try to match people together. So they take the people that failed off those shows and put them on the Perfect Match. So they try to find love again. I, I'm almost shocked that my wife uh does not watch this show oh you gotta tell her uh, yeah but she she probably she blamed me for it and i'm okay with that but i don't think she i don't think she's been caught up on the circle so i bet there'd be several people she doesn't know maybe that's why she wouldn't watch it but does well no uh, so i didn't i didn't watch the circle so i don't know any of the circle people but there's not too many of them there's a lot of love is blind has a lot of people on there and then the mole which i don't really watch the mole but you grow to like those people. She she would enjoy it. It's another Nick Lachey hosted special. Oh, Nick Lachey, that's yeah. awesome. How's hey, he doing? King of Botox. Whoa, we I mean, dude's like sixty, right? No, Nick Lachey's not sixty. It, it was funny last night though. He had a he had a nice little funny one liner. He was talking to the couples and he was like, "I hope you all are all in sync." And then he paused and he was like, really hate using that phrase. <laughs> and everybody laughed. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. I would guess that he's like 48. Mm, I'm going older than that. Oh, 49. Oh, that's a good guess. Good guess. I'm impressed. He's I would have thought he was older. I thought he was five older. Foot nine. Is he really? How about that? Yeah. 
What do you think about that? There's still hope for big, me. Big Cincinnati Bearcat fan. Oh, well, good. That sounds like a good time with your roommate. Yeah, t- tell your wife. She, she would really enjoy it. I went, uh, we, we hung out with the, hung out with the daughter. It was a great little Monday evening, but we went for, we were going for a walk and Lucy was, we were kind of just going to like, I don't just see how much she wanted to walk on her own, not put her in the stroller. Mm -hmm. So knew it wasn't probably going to be the longest walk, but then she became very persistent that she wanted to walk the dog. Um, like, so she held, so she wanted to hold on to the leash which wouldn't work because he's a really bad dog and not good at walking. Uh, we've got like a little collar on him that makes it more tolerable. So I had to like hold on to the leash, at, like the, the rope as she held on to like the actual thing that you hold on to, the little contraption part. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was cute. And we did that for a little bit. But anyways, we didn't get very far, as you would imagine. <laughs> and so after she we put her down to bed, I, it was like eight. Or I don't even know how late it was. It seemed like it was late. But it was still sunny out. I was like, this is so awesome. I was like, all right, well, dog didn't really get an actual good walk, so I'll go take him on an actual walk. And Scoots, I kid you not, every kid in the neighborhood was out and about. That every, is awesome. Like, all the kids that are out on their normal, most beautiful day. I was like, it's a little chilly, but everybody just clearly has the spring itch, enjoying the extra daylight. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I, I love to hear that. Kids playing outside is seems like a thing of the past, but anytime I hear a report like that, I'm always pretty happy. Yeah, but the... The time it gets dark now really threw me off last night. So I, I told you I do I do daily DraftKings lineups every day. So I was dilly-dallying last night, had a couple NBA lineups reserved for 7 o'clock, but due to the lightness outside, I did not realize that it was already 7 o'clock. So I just threw money away. But, yeah, I, I love when it gets oh, dark geez, or darker yeah. later. Yeah, you can't you can't beat it. And when I think of extra sunlight and good weather, it's gonna it's gonna be fifty six today. It's gonna feel nice. Uh, I think of Shady Ray's sunglasses, and I think of I think of Salsaritas, and I think of the Thornton's text line. I think about going to Thornton's as well, getting a nice slushy sometimes in the nice in the summer mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. before we know it. Although not a huge fan of summers in in Kentucky, but that's a story for a different day. I'm also not a huge fan of my nose just for like five straight days just being stuffy and me being incredibly nasally i will tell you what i will trade you your runny nasally nose for my left sciatic nerve how about that how about that for a trade no deal howie because i've been dealing with that for about five days now and it is rough every day is just getting worse and worse i don't know what's going on maybe you should see a doctor uh that doesn't seem like a likely option okie dokie <laughs> Just gonna keep keep giving myself that self care and hopefully it heals one day. A texter says, honestly, I think the St. Peter's loss is worse for Purdue than FDU. They had a top five pick in Jaden Ivey plus Williams and Edie last year. Losing with a second round big and a non NBA guard is more excusable, although they're both very bad. They both are bad. It's just to be a part of that history of a sixteen seed, although not that being part of the two seed history is all that great either, but uh, neither one good, so I agree with I agree with that. Man, I'm glad Purdue failed. Jeez, I, I'm so happy that they're one of the two of 150. I think not putting the ball in Kaysen's hand until January is partly why he wasn't in that next tier. He's a point guard one from the start. I think you see a lot more performance like you do on Sunday for the point guard position in general moving forward. You have to have a point guard that can punish people for going under screens. Maybe Texter. I don't know though. But like you, you saw, you saw how he it impacted his shooting for the majority of the season. 
but that did look like a different point guard against Kansas State, which just absolutely stinks because then what could we have gotten? Kaysen against Michigan State, and then you would have gotten against Tennessee or FAU. Like, was that – did he turn – was the quarter turned there? Because that was a fun case in Wallace, at least from an attacking standpoint. I mean, was he healthy, though? He was healthy. He looked healthy enough in that game yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. And, I, you know, an extra four days to reset, get healthy again. I, I think he probably would have been solid to go. He did have that one little injury, but I think he was all right. Uh, Texter says, I, uh, Cal, Chin, and Orlando have recruiting covered. The new assistants have to be schematic hires. That's a great point. Well said, Texter. You're right. I mean, just from a recruiting standpoint, recruiting will take care of itself. And at some point, you're going to have to pull the drain on this whole thing, and UK is going to have some roster issues. When Cal does say goodbye and it just it's all over, you're you're going to have to kind of scramble from a roster standpoint. So that's going to happen at some point. You, next, whoever you're bringing into the program, let it be let it be people that are going to work their butts off from a scouting standpoint and make sure the team's ready for their opponents and also help uh, in a develop developing players, which is always good and fun to say on radio. How do you feel about Passner? Would you want to see him right. in that spot? I'd be okay with it. I, I think it'd be, you know, you wouldn't have him on the recruiting trail, and that's perfectly okay by all parties. But he's a guy that's been in college basketball at a high level for a really long time. He at least knows what goes into game prep, game planning. Uh, probably underachieved. That's why he would be out of a head coaching job. But also was around for a head coach for 14 seasons. Pretty good. Pretty. I mean, all things considered, not not too shabby. Not as, a lot of results, but but pretty good. As someone who's affiliated with this show, I do not want to see Josh Passner on the Kentucky sideline. I just I, it'd, make, it'd make for content. I just don't want to see. I just don't want to see him every game that I have to watch. A texter uh, says, "If Rick Patino, but they spelled Patino with an A as the second letter, so Rick Patino <laughs> had stayed at Kentucky, he would have created a dynasty. It would have rivaled UCLA and John Wooden. Wooden record is one of the hardest in sports to equal or pass. The year after Patino left, his team won a championship. He is that good. Oh, so he got credit for the Tubby Championship. That's nice. How is how different is history if his name is Rick Patino?" It's a good point. He was named the St. John's head coach yesterday. I hate that. I was kind of hoping for a little bit of drama. And folks, I you know I I felt like Ed Cooley was playing hardball with Providence. I think he is he's taking it to a whole new level. He's playing such hardball with Providence. He's even accepted the Georgetown job. So if this doesn't get Providence's attention, he may actually be gone. Scoots. Why would Patino not go back to Providence? If I'm Patino, I'm holding out a couple more days, and I'm going back to the place that treated me so good in my early career. It's I guess he's not a loyal guy, Scoots. Unbelievable. Uh, he did he did release a statement on Twitter that said. Uh, don't I'm not sad that it's over. I'm I'm happy that it happened, or I'm grateful that it oh happened. Oh my gosh! So I put it on a poster and hang it up in every second grade classroom, or or I guess eighth grade yearbook would probably be more appropriate for that. Uh, but he'll be at St. John's. It's awesome to have him back in the Big East. I don't know, Scoots. He probably just wanted to coach in Madison Square Garden and live in New York City versus Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, I, you know. It, also, it sounds like there's like this billionaire in New York that promised Rick Pitino whatever he wants for nil and players. So it sounds like he's going to have some some tools to be able to maybe make St. John's in, into a power. But he'll get the garden rocking 
and what a hire for St. John's. For and sure. I, I really cannot believe Ed Cooley left Providence. Things he must have either not gotten along with somebody or not liked some like their their the direction of the athletic program or something. That is wild that he actually left. But now Providence is gonna need a coach. And I've got somebody in mind, Scoots, but you can say what you need to say. I was just going to say, I, I don't understand the whole Ed Cooley leaving Providence thing. It's just, like you said, I mean, there has to be something behind the scenes because that is just, that is the most lateral movements of lateral movement history. I mean, it's the same job, just a different school. Am I wrong in saying that? or I, I agree with that. I, I, I That's another reason why I can't believe it. And he's a Providence guy, too. It'd be like... A, a Louisville guy coaching U of L, doing moderate. I mean, doing well again for like the history of Providence basketball for the most part. Ed Cooley is right there. Is you know he's people are happy with him. So you're doing well at U of L, and then you just go to take the Cincinnati job. That would really be the equivalent of it, except you'd probably need a better like in conference example. But let's just go back to when they were both in conference together. Who cares? Well, let's take Louisville this year for example. That's like Kenny Payne leaving to go coach Georgia Tech. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's a wild move, but if I am Providence, I'm hiring Bobby Hurley because I think at minimum you're going to handcuff yourself to UConn. Bobby's not going to let Danny just completely and totally outshine him. So get Bobby Hurley back. Get him in the area. Why not? I don't know. He's got things rolling in Arizona State. That's where he is, right? Yeah, he doesn't really have it rolling. And that's even kind of – like I think a lot of people thought he was maybe going to do a little bit better out there. I was being facetious. But I guess he's, again, kind of like in an Ed Cooley territory where like they're making the tournament, they're having some good wins, they won at Arizona, like they're having some fun. But if I'm Providence, I I go call Bobby Hurley, get him back to Providence, get him back to the area, and then just – Big East is going to be awesome. I don't know. Ar- Archie Miller's already at Rhode Island. Why not call him right down the road? Is, is he at Rhode Island? He is, yeah. I didn't even realize he was at Rhode <laughs> Island. My buddy who likes Providence, he was just like, anybody but Archie Miller. <laughs> I don't blame him. It was like the one name he said. I was like, I agree with that. Hey, Chris Max, not doing much. He won't coach next year. Dude's getting paid, like, what, 600000 to sit on his butt every month? Well, uh, it's incredible. Make more as a head coach, but um, you don't need anyway. more than that. <laughs> Let's go to the text line. Emotional hedge is the best way to get yourself through the sports hell. I've had. I'll have to give Reeves and Obi's brother a great hand for handshake for covering two months of rent for me. Maybe we can make like Louisville and hang the Colin Cowherd misspoke and called us the national champions banner. Did you see that, Scoots? I missed that. No. Yeah, he, he thought UK won the championship last year. Oh, yeah. wrong blue and white team. Hey, well, red too. But hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. I'm the only one in my entire family who doesn't live in London, Kentucky, but I just want to say how proud and excited I am for Reed Shepard to be a cat next year. Very rarely do you see an athlete from Laurel County getting D1 opportunities, and less often do you see said player get offers from the University of Kentucky. It'll mean a lot more to me to see someone from my neck of the woods suit up for Big Blue Nation, and I'm sure he'll live up to the expectations. East Burnstead, stand up. Sorry if it's too soon to speak on next season. Just couldn't keep living in the agony from the loss. Eh, totally all right, Brad, from Bellbrook. The Thornton text line is your text line. I like that text. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, everybody's going to be rooting for Reed Shepard, especially people from your neck of the woods. Wow, TJ, I haven't seen someone this disinterested in the text since Roush was the host. Uh, sorry, <laughs> texter, and I like uh, this texter's one of the goats, and I know that he's just being sarcastic, but 
Like, I, I don't know if I necessarily want first half text from the Providence game on Tuesday radio. And, you know, we probably wouldn't even have gotten through, like, the game going into Wednesday's show. So you just, you got to at some point just kind of draw a line in the sand. Looks like Cal spoke to the, if it was, if you really wanted to say something again, just resend it in. Even if it's like, man, can't believe he missed that shot. Looks like Cal spoke to the media yesterday, but unfortunately I have had time to parse them for shots at the fans or things we can use against him all summer. Well, you said two bigs, two bigs. Uh, you can't say two bigs anymore. Those are, those are buzzwords. That two seven footer quote is going to drive some people over the edge. He cracks me up. Oh, there you go. There it is. There it is. Uh, Canada texter here. I'm beyond pumped for these exhibition games. If I had to guess, probably against the Canadian national team and a couple others, or possibly something with the Raptors 905. Their GM, Chad Sanders, is a UK grad. Uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be some little international basketball event, but I'm sure we'll get more info on it. And it's great. I bet UK will have a ton of fans wherever this is, assuming it's open to the public. And uh, I, I bet UK will travel there in a huge way. On second thought, I don't think the G League teams playing exhibitions in July. Nick writing articles on Matt, Matt, Matt's takes on the season. Laughable. Also, Nick, the other article is one last t- little slam piece of other media outlets pooping on Kentucky basketball. Go ahead and kick the dead dog some more. Uh, Nick's not around to answer for that. Send those back in when he's around. Baseball team looking a little dangerous. I like it. John here. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad spring is here as of yesterday based on the calendar. However, we need the weather to catch up so we can be singing the song Welcome to Miami with Shady Rays on. Anyways, thanks for the Team USA information. I'm, I am also excited for our cats. Okay, besides Oscar, who do you all believe will be the first one to decide on returning or not returning next season for our current basketball roster? We'll have to go talk to you later. I think you'll probably hear Wheeler leave officially or just, you know, announce he's going to the next level or wherever, whatever he's going to do. Wallace, you'll hear about, I'm sure. Who are you expecting to come back? Real quick. I'm expecting Reeves to come back. I'm expecting Collins to ultimately come back. I thought he was going to transfer for a while. I think he'll be back. I think Livingston goes to the NBA draft. Really? my guess Livingston's the one guy that I'm I'm like yeah he'll be back because he just has such a great opportunity to lead this team and be the elder statesman on this team if you will what about Oscar and Jacob They're, they they kind of seem like a, a, a package gone. deal they're gone they're have, both gone have they already announced it or you're just guessing no, I mean Cal's talked about Oscar in like the past tense and already talked about his legacy at UK and already mentioned them missing him next year so gotcha. he's okay. gone and then Toppin, I just don't see the benefit of him coming back. You could make the case. He could be better. Yeah, of course he could be better. But I think he's he's probably is what he is as a player, and he's going to go to the NBA, and I bet he'll end up making a roster. And I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being a, a solid little NBA player. Yep. I'll be rooting for him. I like that guy. Texter says, uh, Dean uh, – Dean – Portman was the other Bash brother. If you want to connect it with the Goofy movie, that actor played Dean Portman in the Mighty Ducks franchise also provided the singing voice for the character Max in a Goofy movie. Wow, how about that? I hope Big Blue Drew heard that. Nice. Pass that along to Big Blue Drew. Do you guys think that a Central Bank logo will be removed from the court next season? So, you know, if it wasn't the jerseys that were causing some of the issues for UK basketball, the checkerboard jerseys, can we, can we fix the logo? Can that be the next thing that we try to get UK basketball back, get its mojo back? That logo is so bad. I cannot believe UK is all right with having that out there. Just wild. It's like having 
a million dollar house and just having trash in your yard. Like it, it doesn't make sense. You have too much money for it to look that bad. Fix it. Do you guys are uh, scoots? Imagine oh, imagine dragon. You saw that one, didn't you? I did. Grow up, Colin Stain. I think my guess is he does. I'm I'm not sure, but then yeah, then you know you know you do talk about it getting a little crowded again, but. I think I think there's a part of Collins that likes Lexington. I thought he was going to move closer to home. I still don't think that's impossible, but I I think he something I think something kind of changed in January for him where he he may he may stick around now. Just got back although and like how many more times could you take Cal being like I need to get you in the core on the floor. What if that like third game of the season next year Cal's like, "Yeah, you know, we didn't get Damian. I got to make sure I get him in." If I was Damian, I'd be like, "No! <laughs> not again." Not again. I just got back in town. Hopefully the Cal talk has died down. You could always have Painter. Now that's a fireable offense. Scoots, where is IU going to find the dudes this late? Where is IU going to find dudes this late? Great question. Uh, my answer would be the TP, transfer portal, baby. Uh, Texter says, are we sure Nick isn't on the backside drinking bush heavies? It's derby season, baby. Bigger than March Madness. Uh, not impossible. My nine-year-old was so mad that dude didn't get a T. Oh, yeah. I bet kids across the nation, UK fan kids across the nation, were just screaming. Understandably so. Like, how do you get away with that? But whatever. How true and how much effect does the ball have in the tourney? Stephen Peake tweeted something about the ball. Oh, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt any at all. Freshmen will bring a different mentality than mid-major transfers. They All they know is winning. Well, that's a good point. Maybe there's something to that. All right, uh, we'll end the show here. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll be back at 7 tomorrow. I think Roush will be here, but you really never know with that rascal. <laughs> we'll find out together. 7 a.m. Wednesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Thanks again to Big Blue Drew, TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, the best producer in all of radio. We'll see you then.